Lions 31, New York Giants 26. Welcome to Talking Giants. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, coming to you from Florida, here with my co-host, Danny King, coming to you from New York. Another loss, four in a row under the Daniel Jones era. That being said, we saw a lot of good things out of Daniel Jones. We saw some good things out of the offense. Uh, we have a, a lot to unpack from uh, from this game, from you know the on-the-field stuff to uh, the referees to, I mean, they're having a players-only meeting. you got the trade deadline looming on Tuesday. A lot to unpack, Danny. And, Danny, I think we should start with the refs. So get, let's just get that out of the way. What do you think? Uh, I hate Scott Novak. I hate Al Riveron. I, it's, the referees have been atrocious this year, not just Giants case. We're not, you could argue about refs even with calls against the Lions. We're, refs have been horrible throughout the entire NFL this year. And that, ter- that run into the kicker call or roughing, whatever they called it, like David Mayo Grace's ankle and uh, Sam Morning with the perfect sell job I've ever seen. As John Boy said, he should get an Emmy or something. And they threw the flag. They somehow saw that, like, wow, that was atrocious. I got to throw a flag on that. The pass interference call. Darius Slater says the fourth down one wasn't pass interference. All right, that's fine. But the third down one was clearly pass interference in my mind. It was even they all yeah. Both both yeah, you you figured like they called the fourth down one, like it was either a makeup call or something. Both were. Uh, It's I don't know. I I just. Maybe a lot of teams have gotten screwed by the refs this year, and and this was our week, I guess. You know, I guess we weren't going to be smitten from it, and and, and I'm not even going to sit here and say 100% we win if those calls aren't. But like you said, the David Mayo running into the kicker—that's a garbage call, and that led to seven points for Detroit. Those pass interference, the balls at the one—that's seven points. I mean, obviously anything can happen, but let's be real—that's seven points there. Where we with Saquon Barkley, and it completely changes the game. Completely changes this game. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Like the refs have sucked this year. We've talked about it before this game, so it's not like it's an overreaction to just like, oh, now my Giants are on the bad end of some calls. I mean, we talked about it how, you know, a couple of weeks ago. It was in fact after the Detroit Green Bay game, where it's like, it, wh- is it this much worse this year? Like it's weird. Like it's just this year, it's been worse. It's almost been like they're mad about like the NFC champ. Like I've almost went full conspiracy theory that they're so mad at the backlash from the NFC championship game that they're like, yeah, we'll just screw it up on purpose. It's digging all the way back to week one with Walt Anderson and his crew. That was a terrible game. And as as you said, we're not saying these calls were made. The Giants are winning. We're not saying that. We're calling out the NFL officials because they they suck at their job. Say like like an average working American or wherever you're from. If that if they sucked at their job that much, they'd be fired. They'd be looking for another job. But NFL officials, they can suck. And they get their paycheck, and they'll come back next week. And it's even more annoying when you get the list of Don Fox or wherever you listen to. You get to hear like Dean Blandine or Mike Pereira or whoever defending the refs. Like, oh well, if you look at it, it's like shut up. You know they're wrong, but you just keep defending them. It's annoying. And Charles Davis, like, oh, great job in the official and position there. Yeah, because that's his job. He's supposed to be in that position. It's frustrating. And they're killing the game of football with some of these calls. It's it's reached a point and where. I know I said they're going to have to address in the offseason, but what can they address? Do your job better? There's nothing they could do to fix this. The refs, just they just don't know what they're doing. It's honestly like the NFL when the the college refs took over. There's nothing different. They're killing the game of football. They're just, they're just, it's sometimes not fun to watch this with these calls. It's frustrating. I just don't like that there's no account. You mentioned this when you started talking, that there's just no accountability. Like there's no, there's no discipline for getting things wrong. I, I, 
I, I don't know if they, they want to be – they're, like, almost trying to force their hand saying, like, look, this is bad. You guys need to force us to pay us full time. I don't know. But I, I just and, – and this – and there's been games that were much worse than this one, you know, like Chicago, Denver, and week two, and, and you know, Detroit themselves against Green Bay. But I don't – and I, I can I – can, and I'm actually fine with no calls, but what my biggest problem in all sports is when you make a call – but there was nothing there when you're literally you're just guessing based off someone's reaction. Like in basketball, when somebody flops and they go through slow-mo and there's literally no contact. Those are the things that bother me the most. Like so the David Mayo play, it bothers me way more than the pass interference ones do. Because like you didn't see any running into the kicker because there was no running into the kicker. I've always said I want refs to talk after games, or at least a few days after games, after they look at the tape and see the calls they made. I want them to explain in detail why they do, because you got Al Riveron on the NFL's Twitter. He's not posting those clips of the David Mayo roughing the kicker call or the pass interference calls. No, he's posting the few clips they get right, and he's like, look at this great call by our NFL officials. It's it's frustrating. I don't know when the officials got this bad. It's been bad for years at this point. I don't know exactly what guy they went down under with, but I they they just need I've always as I said I just want them to talk I want to hear Scott Novak's reason for those calls it, maybe he has a good reason for it but I know he won't but see the thing is though they can just go on about their week and knowing that in that Packers Lions game they cost the Lions that game but they don't care they got their paycheck they're on to next week it's frustrating it costs teams games not saying it costs us this game but it very much affected the outcome of this game because on that rough in the kicker call the Giants would have gotten that football back with like a minute left or something a little over a minute but because of that Rough the kicker call, the Lions were able to take it all the way down to the field, score the field goal, and only left the Giants with like 10 seconds left. It cost the Giants an opportunity to score before the half. Yeah, definitely. All right, so I don't want to make this whole show about the refs, so let's move on from there. And let's let's start with our, our rookie QB, Daniel Jones. Had a really good game today, not a perfect game. We'll talk about, you know, mistakes and all. 28 for 41, 322 yards, four touchdowns and zero interceptions. Probably the best passing game for a rookie QB this year, unless Kyle Allen had some, or not, not Kyle, or Gardner Minshew had some better. I don't think he did, but just a very good game. Now, we lost, and it sucks. But, man, he looked really good today. And we'll we'll talk about the negatives in a second, but let's, let's talk about the good first. He looked really good today. He was going through his progressions. He was checking the bounce. The, the ball down when it needed to be checked down. I mean, he looked like he like you know we said in our pregame show that he needed to learn from that and to figure out when to check down. And I think Shermer installed some more things in the offense to have checkdowns there to be more readily available. Um, you know, Saquon. Uh, not every single pass to Saquon was a checkdown, but he had eight catches. Um, you know, and, and so like the checkdowns were there. There was some underneath to Ellison and Ingram. Um, at Gallman on the on the third down, the third and twenty six that led to the fourth and six, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, so he looked really good. He he put the ball down the field. He gave Darius Slayton a chance on those two touchdowns. Were beautiful. Um, they I think they I think three of his touchdown passes were on third. Actually, four of them were. Was was yeah. I three at least three of the four touchdowns were on third down, which was um, pretty damn awesome to see. Um, so a really good game from Daniel Jones. Like I said, we'll talk about the negatives in a second, but just like I was very impressed of how he like bounced back after that game against Arizona, which was his worst by far. It was much worse than like Minnesota and New England. He he really bounced back and, and had a good one. Well, according to Twitter GMs, he's a bust. But yeah, and was it obviously everyone? I guarantee you, even if. Even with the Giants, even if the Giants won this game, I guarantee you they're gonna be talking about that uh, that uh, for or backwards pass he threw 
and when he got drilled by that Lions player. There's nothing. I wasn't mad at Daniel Jones. I'm just more like, ah, oh, well, I feel like I'm not surprised that happened. He got drilled. There's nothing Daniel Jones could have done differently there. I think Saquon took accountability from that. So it's he played a great game. And yes, the Giants lost. But look at the table. Just look at the stats. He was like, Daniel Jones played well. He made good decisions. He knew when to check down. He threw it away when he needed to throw away. He didn't force plays. And then I know some and in that fumble he had, or the second one that was knocked out of his hand, that was Nate Soldier who got absolutely destroyed by Trey Flowers on the line of scrimmage. So it was just a great game for Jones and something he needed, a bounce-back game, a confidence game to be like, hey, I, he, Jones isn't a guy that's going to get down on himself. He's just going to put his head down and get back out there. But this was a game he needed to just get uh, some feeling back in and know that he can throw these touchdown passes, know he can make some great plays. So it was a good game from Daniel Jones and a step in the right direction into continuing to grow and to hopefully be a franchise QB. But as I said in the beginning, Twitter GMs say he's a bust, so we obviously have to listen to them. Yeah, I, I actually made a conceited effort to just not even pay attention to anything on Twitter today. And I think I did a good job. Nothing has bothered me. Now, we got a lot more left in the day. But nothing has bothered me so far. Some things I disagree with, but, you know, we can talk them out. Uh, so, yeah, his mistakes, the the fumble that was returned for a touchdown. Obviously, it's not like a normal fumble because he was throwing the ball. It just went backwards because he was hit. Um, like, you would have liked him to get that ball out to Saquon like a second earlier, obviously. But, like, that's not like, oh, he's got fumble problems. And then the second one, Nate Solder. It's, it's getting more frustrating every week with Nate Solder, man. Like, we talked about how he's not going to be traded. But, like, here's my – like, if I had an overreaction, it'd be like, you know what? Maybe we should just try Nick Gates out. Like, maybe we should pit Mike Remmers at left and Nick Gates at right or, or just throw Nick Gates at left. Like, that would be my overreaction because it's just so frustrating, dude. He's going to get him killed. I mean, how many – like, we saw even in the preseason game against Cincinnati, Nate Solder has allowed Daniel Jones to just get destroyed, dude. He's going to break his shoulder, like, or his, or his arm or something. And Pat Schirmer said it himself. He's like, it's not his effing fault he got hit. It's Nate Solder's fault. I mean, it's just frustrating how he – and listen, we never expect him to be the best left tackle in the, in the NFL or even a Pro Bowl left tackle. We just – like, we understood when we gave him that contract, or I, at least – and I think Gettleman did, that we're, we're paying him this much to be an average to above average left tackle, but he hasn't even been that. Um, and, he, and he just got – and, and for the most part, like, there was a lot of good. Like, in the first half, it was pretty good, besides the, um, obviously, the, the fumble return for a touchdown. But it's just getting aggravating with Nate Solder. And I know I got off track with Daniel Jones because there's still some things I, I want to cover with him. Um, the would-be interception on the sideline. Listen, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this, too. If Like, say, if I'm talking about Haskins or, or Baker Mayfield, we tend to be way more critical on the young QB that we're looking at closely on would-be interceptions when any, every QB have would, uh, would-be interceptions. Like, if you counted all would-be interceptions, every single QB in the NFL would go up by, like, five or six. That's just the way it is. So I, I don't count would-be interceptions just the way I'm not going to go back and, and count, uh, like, you know, would-be touchdowns. Like, I, I don't Anyways, uh, but it, it wasn't a good decision, though, so I'm not, I'm not defending that. It wasn't a good decision. Um, so, yeah, like, that's – I guess I got off on Nate Solder, but Nate Solder is frustrating the crap out of me, man. No, because that's the story of the offense. Nate Solder, 
Nate Solder weighs 320 pounds, and Trey Flowers is 269. But Trey Flowers literally made Nate Solder look like he weighed like one, like 50. He literally just chucked him down and just got at Jones. It's, it's a problem. And I know, I guarantee you, there's probably some trade Nate Solder tweets out there in the world. But once again, if you trade him, who do you got there? You got Nick Gates. Yeah, the guy has promise, but. Do you want him to, to uh, protect your franchise quarterback when Nate Solder's already letting him get blown up? Imagine Nick Gates on some of these guys. Then who you got? Chad Slade or whoever. You don't. Nick Nate Solder's unfortunately the best option, and that is a position that will need to be addressed in either free agency or the draft. And I would assume it would be the draft. But he, he he's atrocious. It, it's bad. Yes, he had a good game up until that point, but that play should never have happened. Nate Solder should not have gotten chucked down like that. I'm sorry. Uh. And I know people are still saying the offensive line sucks, but keep hammering this home. One guy, if you look at this offensive line, Remmer, Zeidler, Jalapio, Hernandez, those four are goons. They are dominating this offensive line, but Nate Solder is looking lost out there. I'm not saying he's like Eric Flowers because Eric Flowers was much worse. But, I mean, at this point, I haven't seen much of a difference to be like, like, I, that's a strain. I don't know why I was saying that. I don't know where I was going with that comparison there. But there's nothing jumping out of you that makes Nate Solder better, and it will be something addressed. But yeah, on that would-be interception, yes, it would have been picked off if there was more room. But at that point, I, I like Matt Lombardo said, it was interception. It was like, I, I don't think so on that one, Matt. But obviously, he was probably up at the press box. But yeah, every as you said, every QB has a would-be interception, and you just got to deal with it and go off. And you know how many would-be interceptions Eli Manning had in his career? It's probably like millions. All right, so Nate Solder on the holding penalty on the flea flicker, that's a 40-yard penalty. That's, that, that's, like, that's a 40-yard penalty. That screwed us, man. And we didn't score on that drive. That would have been points. Like, I'm, I'm pretty confident that we get points there, and we don't because of a freaking fourth uh, – a, a 10-yard penalty on a 30-yard game. That's a 40-yard freaking penalty. That, like, that's, that's unbelievable. And I, I'm almost ready to say Ben Solder, like – I know that there's no better option, but like that's how frustrating it is. I'm ready just to bench shoulder and see what Nick Gates can do. Uh, I, I don't know, man. And then on the the fumble, I I need to see it from all 22. It was it was a missed assignment. Uh, I don't know if it was called wrong in the protection, but it was it was a missed assignment. It wasn't like someone just got beat. Um, I don't know if that was on on um, if that was on Jalapio. I don't know, but somebody missed their assignment on that. But at the, but also Jones should have gotten that ball to Saquon quicker as well. It's frustrating because that was like the first like real trickery play the Giants have ran this year, and it worked. But then they sold there, of course, had the hold. I forgot whoever it was, Okora or whoever. It was just he's so frustrating to watch. And I, I know you said you're thinking about putting Nick Gates, but I mean I I was a fan of Nick Gates in the preseason, but can he? Does he have the potential to block? quality NFL that's, uh, but that's ends. why I'm not even saying it because I think Nick Gates yeah. I'm just frustrated yeah, yeah, with Nate yeah. Solder. Yeah. I'm not calling for Nate Solder yeah, 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 I, I know what like you're that's saying. what my overreaction like yeah. thought would be from this game yeah I, I, I know what you're saying and it's painful to watch Soldier and that's why I said left tackle will be addressed it's just I would assume the draft because you want a young up-and-comer that can hopefully just sit behind Nate Solder and because Nate Solder is a good left tackle to learn from but when Nate Soldier starts to dr- struggle next year, you could throw in the rookie and be like, there you go. Try and protect our franchise quarterback. That's all I can see this game plan being because don't trade Nate Soldier at that point. I know people are because they're looking at his cap hit. But once again, who would you would you really want like a, a Chad Slater or Nick Gates protected Daniel Jones? 
what makes those two better than Nate Solder right now? Just tell me. I don't know. We just got to go and we got to fix left. <laughs> we got to fix. We just fixed it. Damn it. Like, that's what I, like, like, and you know what? I, that's, that, I'm having myself. A, a, this is my tweet. Fix the left tackle position. Well, how do you fix it, Bobby? I don't know. Just <laughs> fix it. That, that, that's, that's my overreaction. Can, can you play left tackle? Uh, you know what? I could. Um, Cog Hellman. Yeah. Um, that's an overreaction as well. All right. Uh, on off, like Tate had a really good game at eight catches for 85 yards. And with that, without that solar holding penalty, it's nine catches for uh, 115, 120 yards. Uh, Slayton, uh, two catches for 50 yards. Those two touchdowns, big play slay. Like, man, he has looked so good. Uh, you know, he's that's his third touchdown of the year. And he's looked like, man, we were kind of hesitant with him because of like, we like we watched this stuff from Auburn coming out of the draft, you know, after the draft was over. We're like, man, I really like this guy, but like he was a fifth round pick. So that 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 was our only hesitance with him. And the offseason was like, well, he's a fifth round pick. But we're like, let's get him on the field and get him like a handful of snaps every game to use his big plays. And man, he he's becoming just the starter on this team. Like when Shep is back, it's Shep, Tate, and Slayton. Like there's no doubt in my mind that that's going to be the starting three. No, yeah. The only thing I do have a complaint with Darius Slayton on is I do not want him to be my kick returner anymore. That's just me. I mean, the Lions exploited the Giants this week in kick return. They kicked those balls intentionally short, and the Giants could still get nothing going. So that's the only problem with Darius Slayton. He's just not a kick returner, but on receiving, he is fantastic. Kamen Jones got that connection going. He's, he's just such a fun receiver to watch. And Auburn, he did have the drops, and we thought that would be an issue because I believe it was the early part of the year. He was having drops in, like, camp and all that, like, mini camp, but then he turned it on in training camp, and he's showing that, like, he was almost – he should not have been drafted in the fifth round. He should be drafted much sooner than that. So I'm a fan of Darius Slayton. And just him and Jones got that chemistry going. Both of them – since they were both the second teamers, they had time to develop that chemistry. And when Jones finally went out there and Latimer was struggling, they put Slayton in there. The chemistry was already built. So those were two guys you knew that would go out there and dominate right away. Yeah, man. Um, he's looked good. Uh I, I actually need to go break down the one play that Nick Gates played. Like, see, this oh, is what this play. guy off stuff. Because, you know, he had the one play. When yeah, 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 yeah. Going, but This is what this guy brings us. <laughs> Take Solder and put him here and put Gates <laughs> and put him in here. Um, we're going to be laughing after a loss. I kind of feel bad about just doing that. No, right. You can't help but laugh at a loss at the Giants. <laughs> see, the thing was, though, I wasn't like. I, it's rebuilding, and we'll, we'll talk more about trade deadline stuff. Yeah. My favorite thing was I was just, I was just sitting there I wasn't nervous about this game I'm like yeah I mean I expect to lose I wasn't like all right we lost all right that's all yeah, I did I think we kind of both expected to lose going into this game obviously you know the, any given Sunday you always have a chance um, but let, let's talk about um, some decision making and then we'll take a break and and we'll talk about the players only meeting that's been scheduled and all that um, the two things that I saw people calling the question uh, was the fourth and six which I did a breakdown on. And then the two-point conversion. Uh, let's just go in chronological order. The two-point conversion, everyone's like, see, if they didn't go for two right there. Uh, and by the way, Rosas, make your freaking kicks, dude. Rosas has been bad this year. Um, I just need to get that out. The two-point conversion, what kind of made me laugh was everyone's like, if he didn't go for the two-point conversion there, we'd be down by 11. And then we could kick a field goal and then score a touchdown and go for two. So your gripe is that if we didn't go for two, we could go for two. Like that's 
I, I mean, we were going to run the same play. They Makes they sense. draw up point conversion plays and during the week, and they're like they there's not like hmm, let me think of a play right here. There's literally this is our two point conversion play for the week. Um, so like that, I mean, they would have been the same play, and it was a good play. Dan Daniel Jones just didn't deliver on that. That was another negative of his that we didn't mention. Um, so I, I like I I mean, if your big gripe is that if we didn't go for two, we could have went for two. I mean, then. I don't know. I feel like that's a pretty clean game. Then. Yeah, this was Pat Sherman's probably best uh, call game in some time. I had no issue with any of his calls. Well, I did put it on Twitter. All right, so I'm a hypocrite. Uh, I, I did kind of get mad at Sherman for not challenging. Oh, yeah, that was another one we got to talk about. Uh, I'll start with that because that was my biggest gripe with Pat Sherman. Yes, I clearly became a hypocrite at that point, but it, what do you have to lose? I knew I knew we were going to lose the challenge, but throw it anyway. Just give give me give me hope for a minute. That I'm a hypocrite. I just I'm repeating myself now. I'm just I'm sorry. I was looking for the Giants Twitter because you know we were just talking about play calling. And let's look at some of these tweets here. Fire Shermer, Fire Shermer. Let's see, uh, Fire Shermer. Just all Fire Shermers. Even with a good uh, called game, people are calling for his firing. It's there's nothing to please the Giants Twitter, but that was my biggest gripe, not challenging the pass interference call. I think – I don't remember they're exactly what you York. said. Uh, they're, yeah, from, they're from New York. Forget yeah, about it. Yeah, we expect nothing from if – if, in New York, if you don't succeed right away, we want you gone. That's why Daniel Jones is being called a bust. But I'll let you talk oh, about the not challenge. Order, I was catching those tweets. Like, maybe he's just not good. I was like, not replying. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about the pass interference, and we can talk about fourth and six. Uh, they're not going to overturn these. Especially that one, which was closer than some that we haven't seen get overturned. They're just not going to. So, like, and we said it, like, that was part of my criticism of Shermer last week. It's like, stop challenging pass interferences. They're not going to overturn them. So, I also, like, like you said, like, like you found your, like, like, oh, I'm kind of being hypocritical. Like, I can't, I can't get mad about something when I said, like, don't do it. And, like, the reasoning is, like, if, like, we're banking on an onside kick at that point, you know, after we scored. Uh, if we somehow get that onside kick, that's a different of 40 seconds. That's two, possibly three plays um, that are added. So uh, I have no problem not challenging it there and being like, and I'm sure Shermer said that in his presser that like, what do you want us to do? Like they, like they're not overturning them. We've, we've tried it five times and on ones that were way more egregious. I mean, I think about against the Patriots, the Golden Tate fourth down one, like it wasn't going to like make us win the game. So it wasn't like the refs were like, oh, no, if we call this, like, this game is going to be right in the Giants' hands. Like, no. Like, we had three minutes left, and we were down by two touchdowns. So it really didn't even matter. And it was egregious, and they didn't overturn it. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't know why, he, you know. It, it wasn't going to get overturned. Let's, let's just be 100% honest with that. That's not getting overturned. Um, and, yeah, some of the main – and I'm, I'm not even talking about, like, regular people, like beat reporters who were complaining in the Minnesota game for challenging it there. Like, they're like, well, I don't know why he does that. And then they're saying, like, why didn't he? Do-? It's just one of those things. It's, it's, it's results-based. And then the fourth down and six, uh, the all-out blitz. They blitz seven, which I want to talk about Betcher, you know, after our break and be like, hey, Betcher, why don't you try blitzing seven? Anyways, they blitz seven. So Saquon and Ingram stay in the block. Kind of have to do that with six yards to gain. You got sl- uh, uh, Slayton to the left with Tate in the left slot. And then I believe it was either Fowler or Latimer on the right. On the right, they ran a go route, and they had uh, the other guy, the free defender, was right in there. So that right side guy could have not ran an inside route. Um, it just was impossible. So that was, like, the right play there. 
Uh, he was just going to be underneath of whatever that guy ran. Um, and then Tate and then Slayton had one-on-one. Tate ran the out route. Uh, the, the, the cornerback was lined up inside and was facing inside. Like he was the, like his coach told him stop the slant. Uh, and then uh, Slayton on the left, it looked like he ran like a, a back, a back shoulder curl route um, with, with good man coverage. Uh, so like I said, so, and we've seen success with running out, breaking routes on fourth down against all out blisses. There was twice the Sterling Shepard that that's done. So, and I did a breakdown so you can look at it and not just, you know, take it from word of mouth. I'm um, like, they were, the Lions set out to stop inside. Like you thought the, like it was almost an interception, but if, if it was a slant play from Tate, it would have been an interception. It wouldn't have been almost. I had no problem with the, the Lions just played it well. There's nothing you could have, nothing the Giants could have done differently. It was a fine play call. Lions just played it well, and it just, we couldn't get it. It wasn't almost picked off. Yeah, but still, nothing the Giants could have done differently there. I had no issue with any of that. So that I mean, those were, I think, the three the three plays where people said, like, Shermer, how could you? Like I said, neither one of us have ever been, like, sold on Shermer. Like I said, we're not going to get in, we're not going to, we're not going to let every like the outside like steer our conversation. We did that last week, and there, you know, be times every you know we address things. But yeah, that's it. All right, Danny. Anything else on the offense uh, before we take a break? And then you know, we obviously have to talk about the defense, and we got to talk about this players only meeting that's being scheduled. And anything else you want to cover real quick? Uh, I'm trying to think. I, nah, I, I think that's everything. I think that is. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll move on to the other side of the ball. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, so on the defensive side, we've got some things to cover. But, Danny, why don't we start with this players-only meeting that Janoris Jenkins uh, said they're having, they're tired of losing. He seemed heated from the quotes we got from his press, his uh, his post-game. Now, I don't know if it's a press conference, but just talking to the media um, and, you know, talking about if he's going to be traded. He's like, I don't give a F. I'm just going to play football on Tuesday no matter what they do. Uh, so Jenkins is pissed. It seems like he's the one who's called this player meeting. I, I don't know what it's going to be. A lot of times these player-only meetings, like, and I've been a part of them, it's just kind of a lot of yelling and we got to do better. I, I don't know what player, like, I, I don't know what they accomplished, really. Um, we'll see. I mean, the only thing it could do, it could be a very, it could be a huge negative. It could be like, you know what, we're tired of bet you're not calling up skiing. Like, it could be something like that. Um, so that could be a negative. I, I just don't know what to think of this. Um, I know like everyone likes to buy into like they're calling a players only meeting like they're getting serious but it's like I don't know if anyone's just not like I, is there anyone that's not trying on the field I don't know what Danny what do you think of the players only meeting well as, as we joked about I said this players only meeting they're, they're going to start an uprising against the Giants they're going to kick out Shermer Betcher they're going to take over the team but yeah I mean they're, they're going to call each other out obviously uh I guarantee you, many players. Which, which player has the best uh, opportunity to get called out by by the team? 
Solder easily. Who do you think because... does it though? Do you think someone on the defense does it? I don't know if anyone on the offense has. Like, I don't I, like. Who do you see on the offense doing that? I don't. Saquon's not going to do that. Maybe Tate. Tate's really. Stop, it's going to be someone season. on the offensive line. I feel like. I don't know, man. I don't think Hernandez, Hernandez is too young. I, I oh, definitely not Hernandez. It won't be him. Seidler doing that. Halabu didn't have a great game. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I just offensive linemen don't usually react that way. I, I don't know if there's any way. I don't know. I don't know what. I, listen, I okay. Listen, uh, let me tell you some of my experiences from these player only meetings. It's just like we need to get right. We gotta stop effing around. We gotta get right. Get right. And. And then there will be uh, a corner saying the D-line needs to get pressure. Like that, I, I don't know. I think the, the person who has – that might get called out will not be there. And it will be better. It's like he doesn't trust us on the back end because he doesn't blitz. Because he doesn't blitz ever. So that's what a player-only meeting is. Because he doesn't. Yeah. it's Yeah. This, this player-only meeting will either bring this team together or may – make them farther apart. I'm not saying they're far apart, but maybe like they'll call someone out and the people are like, I don't like you for calling me out like that. I'm mad at you now. I'm not I'm not saying players will act like that, but we'll find out on Monday night if this player meeting does anything to ignite this team. It may I don't know what it could do. Maybe we'll have a loss not be as brutal. But who knows what they'll do. Imagine just like Daniel Jones just going up at the front of the room and just like calling out Nasal. He's like Nasal, yo my guy, you suck at your job. You're awful. Just imagine that. <laughs> that that'll that'll literally never happen. <laughs> then you see Eli Man in the background, like, yeah, you tell him, Daniel. Oh, hey, that's not gonna happen. So I don't even know what we should even say about that. Anyways, and I'm sure we'll. Actually, it's, you know, it's a cool like, thing we're to not say. Talking. It's, it's, yeah, it really. That's all it is. It, they don't really accomplish much. Uh, let's talk about uh, James Betcher. It's so frustrating to watch other teams on fourth and sixes and sevens and third and eights and third and twelves to blitz. And to trust their guys to be able to cover for two and a half seconds, two seconds. And I don't know what what I don't know what has become of Betcher. That's not who he was in Arizona. He blitzed like forty percent of the time for an entire season in Arizona. I just don't understand why he does not go all out on some of these plays because we're getting beat. We're playing concert. We're coaching conservative, and we're getting beat that way. We're letting Grant like slot receivers find the hole over Grant Haley and underneath the safety. I just don't know what to, to do. Like, I don't understand, like, why he just doesn't, like, how we, we're, we're, what are we, we're, we're eight games in now? We're eight games into the season, and Betcher just doesn't blitz. He just doesn't do it. He hasn't blitzed as much in one game as his percentage was his entire time in Arizona. It doesn't make sense why we don't take chances on third down, because we're getting beat anyways. I just don't get it, man. I feel like we're having this conversation every single week. Even when the de- defense has had good moments, they just don't blitz. I, I don't understand it, man. It, it's it's getting so frustrating. I feel like I'm repeating myself every single week on this Monday show when it comes to our defensive uh, scheme. And I'll repeat myself, repeat myself right here. James Betcher was considered a head coach a candidate when he joined the Giants in 2017 or 20, 2018. There's no way he's going to get even head coach of consideration this year. Because, one, I'd be surprised if he's here next year. He's gone. It's The Giants gave him every opportunity. They brought in Marcus Golden, Antoine Buffet, Olsen Pierre. They brought in former his former players that worked with this system. But he's afraid. And I don't know of what. You have guys on this defense that can play. 
your defensive line, they they can stop the run. You don't have a good pass rush, but you guys guys that can stop the run. Actually, I'll, actually, I'll say that after I do my little rant right here. You got good corners. DeAndre Baker played a fantastic game. Yeah, he, people, he he let up like what, maybe one or two touchdowns. Definitely the one touch I remember where he had the hand on the ball, he tipped it, but God, they caught it. There's nothing he could have done there. Jack Rapp, but if he's still around, come Tuesday, he's a very quality corner. Uh, Grant Haley. He's there. Uh, Jabril Peppers, a young up-and-coming safety, someone you can definitely rely on. So I just don't know what he's afraid of. But I, I do have to ask you this. Uh, so on Fox NFL Sunday, the kickoff show, Jay Glazer mentioned the Giants as a team to watch for Leonard Williams' trade. It, maybe if they won, maybe that would have made sense. But say just, just say whatever. Do you, do you think that's an option? Because Leonard Williams, I believe he's on his final year of his contract. What's the point in training for him when you're two and six? Yeah, I, the only thing I, I, that would be in play is that you can franchise tag him, and we'll have all the cap space in the world to franchise tag him and giving him. I don't know. It's just, I, I don't know. It, it's it wouldn't make much sense. And honestly, I don't know how good Leonard Williams is. You know, I I knew how much he was like praised coming out of the draft. But I haven't watched him. I don't know how good Leonard Williams is. I I don't know. Um, well, if I'm he's not, on the Jets, we'll find out in two weeks. I, I'm kind of yeah, I'm kind of indifferent towards it right now. Like I don't know if it, if I'd be like all for it or or against it. Um, and then as far as Jenkins, man, I think he might be gone. I don't know. Um, if was, he's gone, then Sam Beal has a lot of got a huge plate to fill because Jenkins has been one of our best defenders this year. Or Corey Ballantyne or Julian Love. I don't know. Who knows Corey Ballantyne's condition with his concussion? He hasn't practiced yeah. in two weeks or it's something. It's been two weeks, though, though so I, I could, I'd expect him to come back. Um, uh, Jenkins Jenkins has looked really good this year. Obviously, the Tampa game was horrible. But like I said, like let's not overreact to that game. He's been really good since. He's had four – I think he's had four interceptions on the year. Um, he had the one to start the game off. That was great. Uh, he did great like, – he, he, Marvin Jones didn't do anything all game. Um like, I really like what I saw at Jenkins. I like what I saw at DeAndre Baker. Galladay had those two catches, which were just man catches. Like, I mean, one, DeAndre Baker literally, like, hit it with his hand, and he still caught it. And then the other one was just a, a crossing route where it was just placed perfectly, um, and, and Galladay was able to reach out and grab it. I really like what I saw at DeAndre Baker. The flea flicker, that was on Peppers when they actually went and showed back, like, who was on. That was Andre Real Peppers. So, you know, you see Antoine Bethea getting burnt down the field. That was Peppers. But I also don't want to get too mad at him because, like, we don't see the throwback play a lot. And that's why coaches call it because it, it kind of freaking works. Um, so that was on Peppers, though. Uh, yeah, I just – I don't know. I mean, they scored 31 points. Seven were because of the fumble. So, you know, 24 points. It's not, like, the worst outing in the world. But it's just the the third down stuff is what bothers me. I mean, they were they were eight for fourteen on third down. That's the kind of stuff that aggravates me. Yeah, I mean, they show potential, but it's just as you said, James. Better refusing the blitz sometimes. He's conservative. These third down plays have become annoying. It's like usually of most defenses, you think a third and twelve, a third and seventeen, are sometimes hard to convert, but the when you're playing the Giants defense, they look simple. It's it's mind-boggling. I, I don't know. The Giants defense used to be, you used to fear the Giants defense all the way back in the days. But now when you see a Giants defense, you're like, all right, I'm, I, you're not afraid of them. There, there's nothing scary with the scheme being built up by 
uh, just the defensive coordinators. I know Jabril Peppers went out there and defended the coaching staff and all that, but, like, yeah, but, like, I, you're defending them, but you could defend Sherman, but, like, Betcher has done nothing to put you guys in a better position to succeed. The Patriots game was fine, but as we said, as you said, the Patriots played into the Giants' scheme, and it's just been shown week after week. And I almost put that on Shermer, because, you know, you are the head coach. You're not just the offensive coordinator. To get on Betcher, so you need to be more aggressive, man, because it's not working the way we are. I mean, I mean, let's look at, like, you know, 24 points from, from the offense uh, today. Look, I'll look it up. But um, And while I'm looking it up, I had another point. Uh, the thing is, is we have the – we have the personnel to blitz. Like we're not just like we're not built to rush four or five and play on the backside. We're built to have DeAndre Baker and Janoris Jenkins in man and have Peppers covering a tight end, which he's done a pretty dang good job of. I mean, look at look at the points. I mean, twenty so thirty one points. One was a offense, a defensive retired total. The Cardinals twenty seven. The Patriots thirty five. The Vikings twenty eight. The Redskins three. They don't count. The Bucks thirty one. The Bills 28. I mean, so besides the Washington game, the lowest scoring game was their Cardinals with 27 points. That's, I mean, that's unacceptable, man. So something has to happen with Betcher and, and this defensive scheme. I mean, like, I, listen, I'm, and I'm a big, like, don't fire guys midseason, but like something, like somebody has to get through to Betcher and tell him to be more aggressive. I just don't get it at this point. So, we, I think we're both on the same page. Betcher's gone after this year. Would you rather have a young up and like a young the up? The season and ends today. Yeah, like definitely. Yeah. I want him gone. Yeah. But also, like, if he improves, like, yeah, that's like, a- why, like, why weren't we seeing this? I don't know. I just, but I do feel like there's, there's something will be changed. I, I just don't understand what's going on and why we're playing defense like this. I don't know. I feel like I've repeated myself 30 times. I'm just using this because, as we said, he can prove. But say the season ends today and he's gone. Would you rather have a young up-and-coming defensive coordinator, like a young-minded guy? Would you rather go for like one of the old, older sides of the defensive coordinator aisle? Like that? Are, what, what would you rather have, younger or older as the D.C.? Honestly, I don't even get into that. I just go, who's going to be the better guy? Like That's why like, when everyone's uh, like, we need to get a forward-thinking and young offensive coach. I'm like, do we? Or do we just need to get the best coach available? Like, like okay. Zach Taylor is a young and, and forward-thinking coach, and they suck in Cincinnati. Um, so, like, it's like it's just kind of who. But I will say on the defensive side, it's usually like the older guys who kind of get the more most respect, whether it's, you know, Vic Fangio in Chicago, Chuck Pagano, um, guys like that. Um, maybe Rex Ryan. Maybe Rex Ryan could come be our defensive coordinator. I love Rex Ryan. I know that's like blasphemy as a Giants fan, but I, I'm, I'm one of the biggest fans of Rex Ryan. He's not a good head coach, and I've come to grips with that. But as a defensive coordinator, my man can coach. He would definitely come to the Giants, and well, if he accepts to be a defensive coordinator, just to, in spite of the Jets, just to prove him wrong. But yeah, I just brought that up because I just who knows what we need as a defensive coordinator. But something needs to change at DC. And as much as a fan I was with the better sign in that first. Uh, the more uh, the more I'll be excited for when he's gone. And I know people are calling for Sherman to be fired, but James Betcher's easily gone this year. If, if this performance keeps up, he's gone. I don't see a way James Betcher can save his job. Because, I mean, yeah, maybe he does pick it up, but you're like, do you have confidence in, in him to do that all next season? That's just It almost crazy. makes me feel stupid, Danny. Like, am I, am I not getting it? It, it, it? Like, it seriously makes me feel stupid because I can't figure this out. Like, maybe I'm just an idiot, and I'm just, like, banging this drum. 
and it's the dumbest drum of all time. I, I don't know. I, let's talk about some other things on the defense. Um, they were. I, th- I feel like Lorenzo Carter had some really good moments. Um, you know, Dalvin Thomason had a nice sack. I feel like there were some decent moments. Like we got, they got. I mean, we had some stops, but it, and like we got them in third down fourteen times on a, on a game where they had thirty-one points. I, I, I don't know. It's it's frustrating. Uh, I mean, I guess there's not much. Ogletree, I will say, there was one play on Ogletree where it's just no effort. It was on the sideline. That frustrated me. Um, and then, okay, let's talk about Grant Haley. Grant Haley, like, and we've said this, like, we're not going to freak out and call for Julian Love because, like, he could come, like, he could just, he could be horrible in practice. But guess what? We're horrible in the game with Grant Haley. So why don't we give this guy out of Notre Dame that me and you both loved going into the draft? Like, why don't we just give him a chance at this point? It all depends what happens at the trade deadline. Because if they trade Jackrabbit, there's going to be some turnaround because now you got Sam Beal coming back. Uh, Grant Haley, I was a fan of Grant Haley uh, last year and coming into this year. He made some good plays in this game. You have to, people have to admit that. But his yeah, in the skills, run game. Yeah, the run game. That's, that's what I was just going to do. But his coverage skills have been questionable all year. Someone responded to me to a few weeks ago, and was like, maybe they should make him the smallest linebacker ever. And, like, he was joking. But now I'm like, you know what? Maybe that <laughs> could be, like, maybe he could just be a moneybacker. Yeah, who knows? It, it's such a, he was lauded as, like, a great undrafted pick, uh, fine, by Dave Gellman. But now everyone's like, get rid of him. So it just Tuesday very much depends what happens with this Giants defense. Will... Because Sam Beal's coming back. Do they trade Jenkins and then put Beal, Baker, Haley? Or do they feel like they've seen enough from Haley and they do Baker, Beal, Love? Because if, if you take out Haley, in my opinion, that's conceding the season right there. Because Haley's the more experienced guy. If you're putting in that rookie corner, you, you're you're teaching him. You want to get to prepare him for the future. That's just my thoughts on that. If they keep Haley and then they, they still have hope. But... I just don't know what to do with that slot corner. Maybe if Corey Ballantyne was healthy, you'd get more of him in there. But who knows how if we'll be ready to go by Monday. So, man, it's just... Haley's the weakest part of our secondary. Him and Buffet are the two weak points of our secondary. Because if you look at it, the other three, Baker, Jenkins, and Peppers, they've been fantastic. What was the name of that ref that you don't like? Uh, There's many. I got Walt Anderson... What was I the got... Novak guy? What was his first name? Scott. Oh, because a blue check mark named David Novak just followed me. Uh, oh, he's okay. the co-founder and retired chairman of Yum. Oh, he's, he like owns KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell. Oh. Could we whoa, have whoa, whoa. a sponsor soon? Whoa, right, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. All right. We're going to have to DM this guy later. We're like, hey, man, hook us up with the Pizza Hut connection. We'll do some ads. <laughs> we'll do so many ads for you. <laughs> Actually, I want it. It's like I'm trying to lose weight, not gain weight. Uh, I'll gain it for you. I don't care. Yeah, you could use it. You can use it because you're a, you're a skinny boy. Um, all right. <laughs> Any last thought? I, I know there's something else I want. I mean, I, I went through my bullet points with Batcher. This team, this season's over. Like obviously, and we knew that going in. But like you know, every every loss just puts another nail in the coffin. Like this, you know, two and six. There's no there's no coming back from this. Um, I don't know. It's frustrating. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Um, we'll see. You know, we'll have a show on Wednesday. It'll be a, a trade deadline show. We'll see if we make 
any kind of move. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's frustrating. More so on the defense side. It, but listen, let's kind of circle back. Daniel Jones looked great today. Four touchdowns, zero interceptions. And don't tweet at me say, well, he almost had an interception. Well, almost doesn't count as an interception. He looks good. He looked like he fixed his stuff. He's getting better every week. When everyone's like, oh, he regresses every week. It's like, no, he was just never in that situation that he wasn't against Arizona. Uh, it was like the first time they uh, defense played him that way. So he's getting better every week. Had a good game. And you know what? Against Dallas, maybe he'll have a bad game. But he's shown all the traits that we want out of a franchise quarterback. So, Dan- Danny, any final thoughts? And and Tone tweeted me, Saquon should have got more carries because he had 17 going through the first three quarters. But when you're down by two scores, you got to throw the ball. And he ended up with 19 carries and 27 total touches. 27 total touches is good for Saquon. I mean, I mean, it's just it's just hard to be a Giants fan right now. Uh, yes, you have the future franchise quarterback, but you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel right now. There will be light one day, but we don't know when. But I mean, I tweeted out on Twitter. I'm really looking forward to Giants Dallas on Monday Night Football. At least our Sunday next week will be nice and calm. We don't got to worry about the Giants. We could just sit back and watch football and be just be fans of it, and then we can ruin our Monday nights with the Giants. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, guys. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. There may be some trade deadline news. I don't know. But we'll do our film review, all that good stuff, and we'll do mailbag. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate all the support we've gotten this week. Um, screw – you know what? I bet Davin's listening. Hi, Davin. He's Davin is hate listening right now. <laughs> um, guys, can we get a like for our lost follower, Davin? Can we yeah. get one, one like? Well, someone said they'd listen twice just for this. All right. We appreciate you guys. If you could leave a rating review, we'd love that. Um, but we appreciate you guys. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Until then, let's go Big Blue.